I told him he might want to wait till after I preach tonight before he confirms that, because if it's not so good, then he may change his mind. I don't want to put him in an awkward spot. Amen. We're just going to follow the leading of the Lord. It's our privilege to be here, and it will be our privilege, amen, to come back on Sunday. It's also, as always, a great honor to have my beautiful wife with me. Amen. She's awesome. I love her. Not too embarrassed at all to say that we are we are madly in love. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And I'm embarrassing her. I'll get it later. But we've been only only been married six months, so I can just claim that I don't know any better. Amen. Amen. And uh, give honor to your praise God. Hallelujah. Give honor to your pastor, his wife, uh, for having us. Bishop, his wife, for having us. Amen. And just to all of you, the faithful saints of God, yes. thank you for being here on a Wednesday night. Yes. You could have been out trick-or-treating, but thank God you didn't go trick-or-treating. Right. You're here in the house of God. Amen. Thank God you didn't go out to celebrate the devil, but you came to celebrate yes. Jesus. Amen. 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 My wife and I have had several conversations the past few days. We don't really understand the whole holiday and how the national holiday came to be. Uh, of a celebration of the occult and the dead and the demonic and the bloody and the gnarly and, and I don't know how that ever really became a national holiday and why we're still doing it but I'm sure glad as the church that we don't have to participate yeah. amen and, and celebrate fear right. and celebrate death and celebrate demonic oppression and celebrate blood and gore and thank God we don't have to do that thank God we can be in church instead yes. Amen. 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 Well, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes in church, sometimes we can just, and, and it feels good in here. It feels good as we're worshiping. Thank you for your, your playing, sister, and your singing. And man, this brother on the drums. It feels good in here. But sometimes in church, sometimes it can also just, maybe not for everyone, but some of us, it can feel a little, a little tight for some of us. And, and, and maybe it's because a lot of times it's just human. We think that everyone else is watching us. We think all eyes are on us. That's a human thing. And so so right now, why don't you turn to your neighbor before we read the word and just say, hey, I'm not staring at you. I'm not staring at you. Amen. Amen. We're just going to get loose in Jesus tonight. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Unless it's your spouse, of course. Please stare at your spouse. Amen. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and then verses 14 through 18, and then verse 21. So we're going to stay in that same chapter. Just hang with me in that chapter. Amen. How many believe God can do anything in this house tonight? Amen. 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 How many yes. really believe that? Yes. Not just hyperbole, not just emotionalism, not just something the evangelist says to fill time. Amen. But it's true. God can do anything in this house tonight. Amen. One more time. God can do anything in this house tonight. For every child, for every man, for every boy, for every girl. Amen. There's nothing too hard for Jesus. Acts 2, 1 through 4 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, divided tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. It came to all of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Amen. Skipping ahead to verse 14. 
Amen. Peter stands up to begin his sermon and he says, but Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this, what you're seeing and what you're hearing, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Everybody say all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Amen. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. Skipping ahead to verse 21 for the sake of time. And it shall come to pass that whosoever, say whosoever, whosoever, shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever, all flesh, it's for everybody, it's for anyone, it's for whosoever will. Amen. Now I do not plan on preaching long. I know preachers say that all the time. And I'm, I'm being honest. I don't plan on it. Amen. We'll see where the Lord leads us. So you're going to have to help me in this short amount of time that we have. You're going to have to help me preach tonight. Amen. And if you're going to help me preach, before you're seated, I wonder if you put your hands together and you lift your voice. Amen. In faith, in victory, and expectation. If we have faith... say that it is time for an outpouring hallelujah there there can sometimes be an expectation for those of us especially that have been in church for a while amen and this is me this is you this is everyone we can develop itching ears we can we can develop a desire to always just want to hear something new and i am like you i like to hear 
deep concepts and the word of God is deep and it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword and there's so much to preach out of it. Amen. But I would hope tonight for me and for you that tonight we would get just as excited over what is true as we would over what is new. I may not be delivering something that you've never heard before, but I am delivering something to you that you would not be here if you had not heard it before. I am going to deliver something to you tonight straight from the word of God, straight from, I believe, Jesus' heart. And God is going to move, he's going to perform, he's going to transform and work miracles in this house tonight. If you are someone here, let me just say that needs the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you've never received it. Maybe you prayed for it earlier, uh, earlier this week, or maybe you prayed for it Sunday. Amen. And, and, and you may, maybe have questions and don't understand it. Let me tell you something. God wants to pour out his spirit upon you tonight. I don't care how many times you pray. I don't care how many times you ask. I don't care how many times you suck. God wants to pour out his spirit upon you tonight. Tonight. Hallelujah. Pentecost is the, is the scripture we, we, we read. The scripture of Joel said, In the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And, and Peter was reading it to them saying, this, this part of the prophecy is being fulfilled in your ears right now. As I speak. Amen. And so what Peter was letting us know is that Pentecost triggered the beginning of the end. That 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 outpouring was the beginning of the end, the beginning of the last days, the days that we are still currently living in now. The moment that happened in Acts chapter two, prophecies started being fulfilled and more prophecies started being triggered. From that point to here, prophecy after prophecy has been fulfilled and there are prophecies being filled right now in this day and age. That triggered the last days and we are in the last days currently. Before Pentecost, we know that there was the life and ministry three to three and a half years of Jesus Christ. Let me just remind you of the power of the gospel tonight. Jesus lived. He walked. He died. And he, 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 he died for our sins. Amen. He was buried and he rose again on the third day. This is the gospel message. This is why we have power. This is why we can have power surging through this house tonight. God manifested in flesh. God robed in flesh, stepped down into our realm, amen, and died on the cross for each and every one of our sins. He shed his blood for us so we could have forgiveness and remission of sins through his name. He died and was resurrected so we could have the power of the resurrection dwelling within us. So we could have the same spirit that raised him from the dead in, inside of us, raising us into newness of life, amen. This is what happened. This is the gospel message. This is what we would not be here if we did not have this truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the most powerful truth that has ever coursed through this world. It's the most powerful truth that has ever been proclaimed. It's the most powerful truth because it lets us know that, that, that we were dead in trespasses and sins. And if it wasn't for this crucifixion, and if it wasn't for the resurrection, we would have absolutely no hope. There would be no blood to cover us. Nothing could fix our predicament and our problems. But we have an answer tonight. And the answer's name is Jesus Christ. The answer is still the gospel the answer for your fears, the answer for your insecurities, the answer for your lack, the answer for your problems still comes from the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ and Pentecost, the outpouring of his spirit 
on the day of Pentecost. Yes, sir. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It wasn't too many days after that beautiful resurrection and Jesus' ascension that the apostles were waiting in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. And they waited and they prayed and they tarried and then it came and he poured out his spirit upon all of them and they all spoke with other tongues as the spirit gave the utterance. Ever since that day in Jerusalem that we read about ever, from, from 2,000 years ago until now, God has still been pouring out his spirit and pouring out his power just like he did in the book of Acts chapter 2. He's still pouring out his spirit and his power today. And he has for 2,000 years, just like in Acts chapter 2. It still changes lives. It still breaks down walls of division. It still breaks down walls of discrimination. It still breaks down walls of racism. It still breaks down walls of hate. It still breaks down any kind of wall that you can think of. If you're applying the gospel correctly, if you're living up to it, amen. If you're spirit-filled and walking by the spirit, there's nothing that gets in the way. There's no wall that you can't tear down. It's still the most effective, powerful thing we have on planet Earth. His spirit still heals bodies. Oh, I need someone to get some faith to reach out and grab onto that. His spirit still heals bodies. His power still heals our minds. He still will fill us with love. And all of a sudden, we have peace and love filled with the spirit, finally possessing the thing that we've craved all of our lives. He is still the answer yesterday, today, and forever. I just heard a story from my friend. I have an evangelist friend. And he was privileged to preach, I believe it was in Hong Kong, a few months ago earlier this year. And time would fail me to tell you of the whole beautiful saga that unfolded while he was there in Hong Kong. But I'll tell you this. And then by the time he left that place, they were having a, a Holy Ghost crusade. They do an anniversary every year of, of the church there in Hong Kong. And by the time he left, 140 people were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the very first time. God is still doing it for every race, every ethnicity, every nation, every corner of the world, every person that thinks he or she is forgotten. God shows them, you are not forgotten. I'm still moving. I'm still working. Just let me pour myself out on you. We are living in the time of outpouring. We are living in the last days. We are living. In, we are not waiting for revival. We are in the time and in the spirit of revival. It's here. Hungry hearts are here. Hungry hearts are all around us. The harvest is plenty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, he said that that they were gearing up for this conference, but unfortunately before the conference, a lot of division took place. And, and, and for, for about a year, some of those churches that would normally unite at that conference, or actually for more than a year, for years, there, there, there were different uh, uh, Asian ethnicities, amen, different races that were not fellowshipping with one another. There, there were Filipinos there, and there were Chinese in the area, and there were Japanese in the area, amen, but, but they, they had some problems with each other, and they were, they were going off to themselves and kind of just doing their own thing and isolating themselves, and the area desperately needed unity. So the leaders of that crusade started praying. My evangelist friend started praying. By the time that that crusade all came together, they started getting calls coming and saying, 
saying, we'll be there at the conference. We'll be there at the conference. They were expecting really only their, their local uh, group and the churches underneath their umbrella. Amen. But by the time all the calls came in, they realized they were not even going to be able to hold the conference in their church because those groups that were once at enmity, prayer broke those chains and they started coming together. They had to rent out a Catholic church in the middle of Hong Kong to fit everybody into that building. So everyone fit into the building. Amen. And, and they're praying and worshiping God together. That was a miracle in itself. And then 140 people filled. That was a miracle in itself. And then the evangelist said that, 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 that there was a point, amen, after God was pouring out his spirit. And they were doing their best to count all these people that had never been filled before. And he said there was a moment he felt God speak to him and say, I'm going to heal deaf ears and I'm going to heal blinded eyes tonight. He said immediately he started backtracking. Oh, God, God, really, come on. We've already done great things, and and I'm exhausted. You know, doing what we do, making excuses whenever God starts moving on us. Making excuses why it can't happen here, why it can't happen tonight, why it's not convenient, why I'll just just stay in the same place I've been for the past few weeks. Because to really change and transform tonight, it's it's just not convenient. But he said God kept dealing with him and kept dealing with him. He said, God, I've been praying for all kinds of people. I haven't seen one person with blinded eyes. I haven't seen one person with deaf ears. I don't want to go up there and say I felt God speak to me and tell me to, to, to pray for these kinds of people. And then no one come and be embarrassed. Oh, no, God. But the more he resisted, and then the harder that push came, and he knew he had to obey God. So he went up to the pulpit, took the mic again. He stopped everything. He slowed everything down. And he said, God spoke to me. said he was going to heal deaf ears and blinded eyes. Is there anyone here that's, that's blind tonight? And, 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 and five, five people raised their hand. And with the assistance of other people, they brought them to the front. They were blind in their eyes. He said, is there anyone deaf in their ears? I believe it was about six, six people. It was being translated to them so they could, they could uh, uh, see what he had said. And so they raised their hand and they said, yeah, basically, we're deaf in our ears. Yes. And so they were led to the front. And he prayed the prayer of faith over them. It did not take 30 minutes. It did not take an hour. He didn't have to pray some big, some big magical uh, 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 prayer and, and get every word right and be perfectly eloquent. He, they just prayed for about 10 to 15 minutes and by that time that prayer was over and then five blinded eyes were open and six deaf ears were healed and every single person that came up to that point was healed in their eyes and in their ears I'm here to build somebody's faith and to find somebody who's still a healer, who's still a way maker who's still pouring out healing who's still pouring out his spirit in the age in the world today Because they are less affluent and they are less distracted by the cares of this world. They are less distracted by possession and careers and jobs. All they have is God. All they have is His Spirit. So of course they have more faith. And if you and I would get just a little bit more faith, God will pour out healing and pour out His Spirit upon us tonight. Tonight. Oh, I need somebody to believe that. Come on. Tonight. Tonight.
He's still a maker. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let, let, let me just speak to the rest of us here tonight. On the day of Pentecost, there were two types of people, just as it is today. There were observers, and then there were participators. There were people that were outside the upper room, and people that were in the upper room. There were people that were preaching and praying and speaking in tongues. And then there were people observing it saying, these men must be drunk. They look like a bunch of idiots. They must be full of new wine. There was observers and participators just like there is today. In just about every church that you can find, there will be people willing to participate. And there will people that be people that only want to observe. But I believe that we can shift the scales tonight. And I believe that maybe you came here an observer. But by the time you leave, you can leave here a participator. If you have just a little bit of faith, you can come here an observer. But leave here being changed by the power. against just a few walls. Some of us say, you don't know how long my bank account has been at zero. You don't know how long my body's been hurting. You don't know how, how, how long I've, I've had this affliction. Or you don't know how long I've wanted the Holy Ghost. You, you're right. I don't know any of that. But I'm trusting in God. Because His Word says, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. His Word says that He's a healer. He's a healer. not just heal. He is health. He is a healer. God does not just love. God is love. He is. He does not just pour out or just distribute the things you and I need. He is those things that you need. He does not just give life. He is life. He does not just give truth. He is the truth. Hallelujah. Luke 17 and 20. Just to drive this, drive this nail home. Luke 17 and 20 says, the kingdom of God does not come by observation. And you read the following verses, what it's basically saying, I'm paraphrasing, but it only comes by participation. We must respond. Amen. We must be led of the Spirit. We must respond to the Spirit. We must keep coming coming to God with our needs, asking, not doubting, but asking in faith and trusting Him with every area and every aspect of our lives. I hope this is okay tonight. I know I'm delivering a a beans and cornbread simple message tonight, but it's true. It's true. It's true. It takes our faith. It takes our involvement. It takes our participation. This is why Jesus... Oh, I feel like God's going to fill somebody with a Holy Ghost tonight in Jesus' name. The Bible said that while Peter was preaching in Acts chapter 8, the Holy Ghost uh, uh, fell. Excuse me, Acts chapter 10. The Holy Ghost fell on all of them that heard the word. While he was preaching, miracles started happening because of the faith of the people there. You don't even have to wait for the altar call. While I'm preaching, things can start to shift and happen in your body and in your mind. Hallelujah. While the word was being spoken. This is why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. Seek and you shall shall find. Because he wants our involvement. 
He wants our participation. Hallelujah. It's not because Jesus wants to play games or send us on a long search just for fun. It's because he wants us to participate. We cannot obtain riches and treasure by sitting. We can only obtain it by seeking. And what we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. This is why you, you, have to, you have to treat the things of God for what they are. They are treasure. The Holy Ghost is a treasure in earthen vessels. That doesn't mean it'll take a lifelong search with and all you have is some red X on a, on a pirate's map. Amen. It, it, it doesn't have to take that long. God's just letting us know that, that, that you have to seek for it. You have to ask for it. You have to come to Him for it. And, and if, if, if you really want it, amen, you'll ask and you'll seek, amen, until you find. We will receive when we believe and act upon that belief. Yes, yes. God wants us to acknowledge how badly we need him. That's why several times in the New Testament, the Bible says that Jesus would have walked by them. He would have passed them by on some cases. Why? Because Jesus is cruel. Because Jesus wants to play games and mess with your mind. Of course not. Because Jesus wanted, he knew how bad they needed him. He knew what their needs were and how bad it was. He was just waiting on them to acknowledge how bad their need was. Waiting on them to acknowledge how bad they needed a savior. Because until we acknowledge how badly we need him. Come on. Until we acknowledge that we need him, Jesus is not going to force himself on us. He's a gentleman, and we have free will. And it's up to us to acknowledge that we need a Savior and stop trying to keep doing it our own way, in our own methods, with our own habits and perspectives. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It doesn't have to take long. It doesn't have to take six hours. All it takes is action. All it takes is faith and repentance. Mark 16, 17 through 18. I'm closer to being done than you might think. But it says, These signs shall follow or accompany them that believe. Here's some of the signs. In my name, he said. Come on, somebody say, in Jesus' name. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with tongues. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall. They shall. They shall. They shall, they shall recover. These signs are for anyone, anyone that would believe. And it's time for the church in 21st century North America to start believing, standing on the word of God and having faith and keep praying until something shifts, until something happens. Oh, hallelujah. If you feel the Holy Ghost right now, I wonder if you put your hands together and give Jesus some praise. Oh, come on, I know I'm not the only one feeling here. I feel faith rising in this house. Hallelujah. 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 I'll say this before I go further. Sometimes. We don't seek to participate or take action because it's not always convenient. And without going into a whole other sermon, amen, we, so many of us are caught up in a culture of convenience. Amen. We, we, we don't, we don't want to have to. It, it's not fun really sometimes to, to have to seek anything. When we lose our keys, that's no fun. We have to go seek after our keys. Sometimes even seek after our car if we can't remember where we parked it. Seek after our wallets. 
Amen. It's, it's not it's not always uh, 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 fun or or in our immediate nature or convenient to seek something that was lost or seek something that had never been found in the first place. It's not always convenient, but it's crucial and it's beautiful. And we cannot judge the things of God in the kingdom by what is convenient for us. We just have to do what is right according to the will of the Lord. You can you you can you can. You can work your way out of a miracle by just focusing on convenience. You can distract yourself out of deliverance. Amen. It, just like it's not convenient to seek after lost keys or lost coins or money, it's not convenient to seek after lost joy either. Come on. Well, let me just stop for a minute and get off my notes and say, someone here has known what it was like to once have joy, but you have lost it. It is no longer with you the way it used to, and it is up to you to seek after it, to get yes. back in that prayer room, to get back where you know it works, to get back in the room of God, to get back to trust in Him. Come on. to do tonight. Amen. Or, or, or perhaps I could say three. Amen. I believe that he wants to I want, He wants to pour out salvation for some for the first time. Yes. I believe that he wants to pour out healing upon us. Amen. Yes. And for those have, who have already been saved and maybe already been healed, I believe what he wants to do for some of you is restore unto you the joy yes. of your salvation. Yes, sir. It's yes. one thing to have salvation. It's something else to have the joy of salvation. And yes. David did not pray, restore to me salvation. He wasn't, he wasn't trying. He, we know that, that, that when God has healed you, amen, he doesn't just leave you. But one thing that will leave you if you're not careful, if you don't protect it, is the joy of salvation. And that's what David was praying about because he had sinned, because he had messed up, because his life had gotten hard. And he said, God, I remember what it was like to take joy in my salvation, to take joy in the Holy Ghost that's in me, to take joy and recognize and understand to recognize and understand what's truly inside of me. There was a time when I used to do that, but I got cold and I got hard and I got hurt and I got distracted. Jesus, restore unto me the joy of my salvation right now in the name of Jesus. God, start breaking barriers and change. Right now, I speak it unto you. May your joy be restored once again. I'm not preaching emotionalism. You have to believe it if you want to. But if you want joy, you better believe it. God wants to restore that joy, that love, that understanding about your salvation again. Hallelujah! It is God's will for people to be healed in Jesus' name. It is God's will. 
It is God's will for people to be filled with His Spirit. Evidence by speaking in other tongues. It is His will. It is His will. It is His will. You may be seated. I'm, I'm moving quickly, but I just feel there's a few of us that our faith need to just needs to just build a little bit more. Amen. We've got, some of us have salvation, but do we have the excitement about salvation? When you understand what's in you, when you understand the power that's in you, when you understand the blessing that's in you, when you understand the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, when you understand how deep that relationship and trust can go, your excitement can be restored. Amen. Hallelujah. It's His will. For people to be filled with his spirit, with joy, and healed in his name. Now right now, I'm going to tell you a few things that I believe from this moment forward. God has already built some of our faith, but the faith is going to increase from here. And I hope we're ready for it in Jesus' name. Are you ready for God to increase our faith? Are you ready for God to do more? Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. I'll never forget the story. Well, not the story, like it isn't true. The, 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 the happening, the event. Amen. When I was in Tampa, Florida uh, last year, almost a year ago, around Christmas time, I'll never forget. I was preaching there for a, uh, a small home missions church. Amen. A church, uh, uh, I don't consider this church home missions, but a church smaller than this one. Amen. I'm preaching for them. But, but, but just because the church is small doesn't mean it can't be packed with dynamite. Amen. The pastor of the church, it was a good church, powerful church. Amen. They're growing just like this church is growing. And uh, and I remember a lady came. She had she had heard of, uh, she had a connection to the pastor. And the pastor didn't know it. But this lady's father was in the hospital in Tampa. And so she came in on a Sunday night. She is not religious, certainly not Pentecostal. But she didn't know where else to go because her father, Steve, who was a retired nuclear physicist in his late 60s, very brilliant, uh, smart man, worked on, on several bombs, things for the government. And, and he was now bedridden. And he was not able to speak. I mean, he could not speak for weeks because he had a tube down his throat that was helping him breathe. And so she was very worried and the doctors were worried. And so she came to the church that night and she was a little freaked out by what she saw and we're jumping and shouting on about all God has done for us. But, but she came anyway and she said, listen, I'm here because I want you to pray for my father. And we said, okay, we can't get there tonight, uh, and he'll probably be asleep by the time church is over, so we're going to give you this hanky, we're going to anoint oil, and just like they did in the Bible, and, and we're going to give it to you, you take it to Steve, and put it somewhere on his person, and we believe God is going to heal. She said, okay, and we prayed for her, and she started crying. She could have received the Holy Ghost probably that night. She got a little afraid, amen, but she took that handkerchief, and she went to the hospital that night, and while her father was sleeping, she just tucked it right there in his, night, his hospital gown. We got a call Monday morning that said from the daughter that said, my father is up and awake and he is able to have the tube out of his throat for the very first time in weeks. He's speaking just fine. The doctors thought his speech would be slurred. The doctors thought there would be a while before the fears would get going. But Steve was talking everybody's ear off. Steve was, was doing a lot better in Jesus' name. But Steve still, he, he, it was very clear that something incredible had happened overnight, amen, but 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 there was still uh, work to be done. He still had to have an, not, not the tube down his throat, but just a gentle oxygen mask with light oxygen. And again, he could talk fine. He was very cognizant, very sharp and aware. And the doctors were very encouraged at his progress. So he said, now that Steve can talk and he's awake and cognizant, we're going to come visit him and rejoice over what God has done. And so we go to the hospital room and Steve is a good man. And I think he, 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 he maybe would consider himself some kind of, of Christian. He believed the Bible to a degree and believed God exists. Didn't go to church much, but he was a good man. He was kind of like a Cornelius. 
And, and, and so we went to the hospital and we started talking to him. Amen. And we were just going to leave, Pastor Cameron. We, we were just going to leave, me and the pastor. And we were just, you know, I've prayed for a lot of people in the hospital. And, and, and sometimes for those of us that have, been, that have been raised in church, we can take some things for granted. We can take the power of the Spirit for granted. And so we were just going to go and just pray our, our simple little prayer. And we were, uh, God, bless in Jesus' name. And, and we're going to leave, go on our way and go get some McDonald's and go home. Amen. But little little did we know what was about to happen next. We were talking with him, catching up like we were old friends. Never met Steve before. And all of a sudden, Steve stopped talking. All of a sudden, he closed his eyes in that hospital bed. Amen. And his his night his hospital gown. And he held out his hands on both sides of his, the, the bed. I was on one. Pastor was on the other. He knelt his head and bowed as if to signify, I'm ready to pray. So we went to that man who was not a man of prayer, but a good man. And we took his hands on either side and we began to pray. And it was not long before we began praying. We saw tears coming out of Steve's eyes. It was not long and we saw his body kind of start to heave and tremble under the tears and the power of what he was feeling. All of a sudden, the, the, the hospital monitor started beeping like crazy as Steve's heart rate was accelerating. And I promise you, I thought in that moment, here we go, we just killed Steve. If we didn't kill him, he's about to go. His heart rate's increasing, and, and this is not good. We need to stop praying. But thank God that pastor in that moment had more faith than I did. Amen. And he said, no, he didn't say it, but, but he is signified by what he was doing. No, we're going to keep praying. And the more that monitor started beeping loud, the more the pastor's voice started getting loud. Amen. And I'm sure everyone in that hospital, we could have heard us by then. And we still had our hands hands on him, voices raised, speaking in other tongues. Amen. And we stopped long enough to see and peer through that oxygen mask into our amazement. Steve, for the very first time in his life, in, the, in his late 60s, was speaking in other tongues yeah. as the Spirit gave the evidence. We could hear the sound coming from his mouth, and we could see his lips and his tongue swimming under the oxygen mask. God filled a retired nuclear physicist for the first time in his late 60s. He his body, and Steve is no longer in the hospital to this day. I'm telling you, our God is a good God. He's a healer. He's a way maker. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I can tell you stories and stories. I can tell you, tell you stories and stories. And as I know some of you in this room could too. Some of you have lived longer than me and seen more miracles than me. And if I pass the mic around, you could tell stories. But tonight I'm the one with the mic. Amen. And I'm the one, amen, that, 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 that I'm telling these stories just to show you how real and good God is. We could talk about the young girl from a nearby evangelical church that felt like her relationship with God was lacking. And she came by just a measly, meager car wash in Tampa, Florida that I was convinced nobody would come to. All we had was a few buckets and a squeegee and it was a it was a yard sale and all we had was a cheap bike and a few knockoff purses and I didn't think anybody was going to come by our yard sale and then for this, this church promotion. But this, excuse me, young girl in her early 20s 
pulled up in a in a beater white car and, and she she said, I want a car wash. And so the church members started working on the car wash, but we realized pretty quickly she wasn't there for the car wash in her early 20s, leading worship at a nearby church, but feeling empty inside. Amen. The pastor and I started talking to her. He started giving her a Bible study. Amen. On the sal salvation message on Acts 2.38, on John 3.5, of being born again of the water and the spirit. How when you're baptized in Jesus' name, all your sins are remitted and washed away in the record of them are gone. When you're filled with the spirit and speaking in other tongues, that's the evidence that you're filled with the, with the, with the spirit of God. That's the true biblical sign, on yes. authentic way that we know that we've been filled. Yes. And he began teaching her. And I'm telling you, Pastor Kim Marina, right there in the parking lot, she put her hands over her face. I've got a picture of it I can show you. You ask me, I'll, I'll, you remind me, I'll show you. She's got her hands over her face and she starts sobbing. She starts sobbing and sobbing. And we take her hands from her face and we say, would you just lift your hands as a sign of surrender right now? And she lifted her hands and it was only but a few seconds later, she could not control what was coming out of her mouth. She could not control those tongues even as she wanted to. We took her into the church house, we put a robe on her and baptized her and we only say the name of Jesus Christ. and know the message and believe it. Amen. But this is just what I felt God told me to preach. For whatever crazy reason, I felt to preach to the choir tonight because I feel in this service some spiritual, oh God, some spiritual strongholds are going to be broken. Some, 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 some strongholds of doubt, some strongholds of fear, some strongholds of misery can be broken in this house tonight and this church can continue to move forward if we would just have faith in the name of Jesus and in Calvary, in the gospel, in the spirit of God. Amen. Amen. As, as per Brother Camarino's request, again, I would like my wife to come. Amen. And get ready to play. Uh, we were in Washington, D.C. Oh, God, help us. Oh, God, help us. I want somebody to catch this. I believe God is going to fill somebody with the baptism of the Holy Ghost tonight and is going to, to, to heal somebody's body tonight. Yes. Oh, I need someone to believe yes. that with me. Oh, I need somebody to believe that with me. You've got nothing to be afraid of. We're all looking around wondering, does, does, does our brother have faith in us? Don't worry about anyone else around you. Just believe and watch what happens. We were in Washington, D.C. I'll be very transparent with you. It's probably not something exciting to say as an evangelist. I am a full-time evangelist. I've been doing it for a little over three years. Uh, but there are times... Just like with anything else, there are seasons that are higher than others. And there are some times where I don't have anywhere to go, Pastor Cameron. Or that's happened in the past, at least. There are times where I, I, I'm, I, I'm going nonstop for six months and I just want a break. And there are other times where the, I'm wondering where the calls are and where the opportunities are. And we were in Washington, D.C. for an event. Sunday was coming. We were scheduled nowhere to preach. But I just made up in my mind. My wife and I talked. I had school to do, a bunch of stuff. But I just decided, you know what? I'm not going to go to church just when I'm preaching. Shame on me for that. I need to go to church every time the doors are open. Yes. Sunday, midweeks, yes. whether I'm preaching or not. And we're going to find a place to go in this city. 
And I knew of a church there, of a friend of mine's bishop, pastor there. He had never met me, never met her, didn't know us from Adam. To make a long story short, we walked into that church where the Camarena, we wanted to be invisible. We wanted to sit in the back, worship, and leave. We didn't want to have to tell somebody, to be honest, that we were evangelists with nowhere to, with nowhere to go. That's what my pride was saying. But you know what? We were the church, sit in the back. As soon as we walked into that church and tried to make our way to the back pew, the pastor was right there to greet us and said, Hi, who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Instantly, my plans had failed. But I, I told him, I shared with him. But before I could answer him, actually, he looked at me, got a quizzical look. He said, are you a preacher? I said, I am. He looked at her and said, do you sing? Do you play? She said, I do. Never met us before in his life. He said, I believe God brought you here for a reason. And I'm going to use you today. You just get ready. I'm going to use you. God's going to use you today. I'm going to use your wife. I can't give all the details. One of the craziest experiences we've ever we've ever been a part of. All I know is that we were doing our best to be led of the Spirit. And God was leading us. The Bible says those that are led of the Spirit of God will be called sons of God. Those that are led of the Spirit will have power. That's what that phrase means. Sons of God. A term relating to power. And so we did our best to, to, to follow after the Spirit. Not get afraid and not leave. And we're just, yes, this is what we're called to do. Use us however you want to use us. We'll pray for people. We'll kiss babies. We'll shake hands. We're glad to be here. Just use us. Amen. Praise God. He was kind enough to invite me to preach and to exhort and to speak a word of faith and to have my wife play and sing. And by the time that service was over, there was about nine or ten people healed in their bodies. There was a lady that had breast cancer that could not lift one of her arms to worship due to the cancer. After we prayed, the pain was gone and she was able to lift, she was able to lift her hands and worship I don't have all the answers. I don't know why God does things the way He does it, but it's a promise. He can heal us and He will fill us. Two people. Two people. I'm almost done preaching. In fact, why don't we stand all over this house? Two people were filled with the Spirit for the very first time. I made an altar call. I offered whoever wanted to come, come. And there was only a few people that came. And two people received the Spirit for the first time. One, one lady, I believe, was from an Eastern European country, never had spoken tongues before, fairly new to America. God filled her like that. Amen. She knew this was the real thing. Yes. Amen. God filled another, another man named Corey, who actually had been an evangelist with the Salvation Army. Amen. He had been the evangelist with, a, with another group, but he came to that church saying, it's not enough. I've experienced some good things. I've seen some things, but I want more. I want what I see here. I want what I feel here. I want what you have. And by the time he left that place, he left with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He left with the Spirit of God dwelling within him for the first time, speaking in other tongues. He left saying, I've never felt anything like this, and this is what I have been missing. Hallelujah. 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 The Bible says, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. We have access to the power that we have in his name. If you would just try him and not be afraid and not approach him in fear, but approach him in faith, he can work a miracle for you. God wants to fill. He wants to heal. He wants to work miracles in this place. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be sad. We can be excited and expect the miraculous. Hallelujah. I want us to lift our hands all over this house right now. I want us to just pray before we go any further. I want us to just pray before we go any further. God's working. God's moving. God's working. God's moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Hallelujah. 
him. Right. When you feel the unction of the Holy Ghost come upon you and come in your mouth, you need to speak that out. Speak Let your mouth do what it wants to. Let your tongue do what it wants to. Let God speak through you. Don't try to control it or think that you're making it up. Amen. That's a lie from the enemy to distract you. Come on. If you've repented of your sins, if you have faith, and if you're worshiping with all of your heart and with faith, God will fill you. It's a promise. If yes. you do those things, God is going to fill yes. you tonight. Yes. I believe that. Yes. That's tonight. a promise. Tonight. That's a promise. Amen. Hallelujah. So here's what I want us to do. And man, if, if, if you saw someone uh, uh, have their, their hands raised, amen, for uh, healing or for the Holy Ghost, here's what I want us to do. Amen. Right now, we are going to just pray. Uh, a prayer of repentance. We're going to ask God for forgiveness. Every one of us in this house. Whether we need healing or we need the Holy Ghost. Amen. And if you don't have a need. But you saw someone near you. If you're a, if you're a sister. And you saw a sister need you, near you. That needs healing or needs the Holy Ghost. When we pray right now. I want you to go over and pray with him. If you're a brother and you don't have a need. But you saw someone near you. That needs healing or needs the Holy Ghost. I want you to go over to them. Amen. And we're going to pray together as a church. As a family. Yes. Do we have the faith? Yes. Do we have the faith? Do we have the time? I know it's a Wednesday night. we got work in the morning. Amen. But how many know God? God takes priority over our schedule, yes, over does. everything else. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to find a brother. I want you to find a sister right now. Amen. Can you do that? Can we find a brother? Can we find a sister? And what we're going to do right now is we're going to ask God for forgiveness. We're going to ask God to forgive us for each and every one of our sins. Amen. We're going to ask God to forgive us. Can we do that right now? All across this house? And mean it from the bottom of your hearts. Right now, let's lift our voice. Come on, let's let that spirit come into this place. Jesus, forgive me for every single one of my sins. Every, everybody here, every saint, every sinner alike, forgive me, Lord, for everything I've ever said. Forgive me, Lord, for everything I've ever done. Forgive me, Lord, for everything I've ever thought. Forgive me, Lord, for doubting you. Jesus, I want the joy of my salvation to return. Forgive me for doubting you, Jesus. I will trust in you. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Purge me, wash me, cleanse me of all my sins. Cleanse me of all my sins. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Right now, right now, I want you to thank Jesus for forgiving you. I want you to just thank you right now. Why don't you clap your hands and why don't you thank Jesus for forgiving you right now? Come on, if you pray it, you meant it. He forgave you. He forgave you. Come on, God's fixing to pour himself out. We're just following the Spirit. We're just following the Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Here's what I want us to do. Here's what I want us to do. Everybody look up here. I mean, I'm not, we're, we're following the Spirit right now. I want to invite everybody as a sign and as a symbol of your faith. I want to invite you to come, to come as close as you can. If you need healing, if you need the Holy Ghost for every need, if you need the joy of your salvation restored, I want to invite you to come right now. Come on, this is an act of faith where we step forward and put our own needs and desires aside. It's an act of faith. This is beautiful. God bless these, these saints full of faith and honesty. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. This is awesome. This is beautiful. Oh, you're, you're coming forward to the miracle worker tonight. Hallelujah. This is awesome. Amen. You're around your brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Here's what we're going to do. 
I'm going to speak a word of faith over you. Just like when Peter was preaching in Acts 10. And then just like that great faith when that centurion said, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. Just speak the word and it will happen. That's the kind of faith that we're going to activate in this house. Now listen to me. Everyone, listen. When we pray this prayer, what you are going to do is you are going to lift your hands, both of your hands, and you are going to lift your head. If it's possible, if you're able, lift your hands and you're going to lift your head. You say, why do we do this? We lift our hands as a sign of surrender and as a sign of faith in Jesus Christ that our help comes from up there. Amen. Why do we lift our heads? Because it is common for us to pray with our head down and whether we realize it or not, that is often an emblem of shame, of doubt, or insecurity. Our body language matters. Ask any psychiatrist, whatever. If they know our body language matters, so does Jesus. That's why we lift our hands, expecting the gift to come from heaven. We lift our hands and our head, not in shame, not in fear, but in faith and in anticipation. So if you want this and you need healing of the Holy Ghost, you're going to lift your hands, you're going to lift your head. And I am going to pray a prayer of faith over you. And I, we did this Sunday, we're going to do it again. I am going to shout, I am going to shout the word hallelujah over you. Amen. That word hallelujah is like an accumulation of the highest praise that we can give God. That's why I'm shouting this word. Amen. I am doing this because I believe when we do this, the miraculous is going to take place. Yes. And we're not just we're not doing this to just follow the special formula. We're not come on, we're, we're, we're doing this following the scripture. Amen. And we are trusting in what God is going to do. Yes. So when I shout hallelujah, I want you to respond and I want you to shout hallelujah as well. When you hear me shout it, I want you to lift your hands, your head and your voice and shout it as loud as you can and when you shout hallelujah listen to me when you shout hallelujah I believe you are going to feel pain leave your body instantaneously come on I'm speaking in faith right now and I believe you are going to begin speaking in other tongues as the spirit gives the utterance it's not going to take hours it's going to happen quickly if you are ready for it amen why don't you close your eyes and lift your hands right now I'm going to pray this prayer of faith and when I say hallelujah I want you to shout hallelujah in faith and anticipation do not doubt do not fear do not worry do not overthink it just let jesus do what he wants to by the authority of the word of god and in the name of jesus christ i command you to be healed in your body i lose healing and i bind sickness i lose faith
Ghost. 